Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Welcome to New Gods, the 122nd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of me. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus! What we're going to talk about during this episode. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. we discovered all kinds of neat things uh-huh. about Dictinus this yes. last week. Yes, yep. we have. But first, housekeeping. No new patrons. Okay. We can s- skip that part <laughs> of the housekeeping. Thank but, God. No, but we'll always say... <laughs> But we'll always say, with gratitude in our hearts, <laughs> Listen, thank you to our patrons. patrons yes. I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you all. them. There's just loads of them. I know. Join us in the Discord live during recordings at sun- on Sundays at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. That said, next week. Right, next week. So next week, it's everybody can yep. get in live. And that's going to be not on Sunday, that's but right. on Saturday, Saturday, the 19th, yep. at 7 p.m. And that's with Around Grandfather right, Fire. that's with Around Grandfather Fire. And then on the 20th, instead of doing our normal episode that day, we will, at 10 p.m. EST, that's correct. be on the... Wider Circles podcast. Yes. Hosted by Jack, by Jack Mer- Mercer. Mercer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I have already posted on our Facebook page. It's a Zoom link. Yes. Right, yeah. It's a it's like night-long Zoom ritual mm-hmm. for the longest night, and we're going to be covering Mother Night. And as soon as that's over, I get to kick them out of the room... <laughs> And uh, Three Pagans on Tap will be there talking to you about alcohol and how it relates to gods. And then I believe we're going right into Drunken Yule's Carols. So, <laughs> Amazing. Um, we'll, make sure we, we, we'll make sure that we get you to the point where you're good with the right, Drunken where Yule Where you are carols. prepared for the, the Drunken Yule Carols. But the exactly. whole evening that Jack has planned should be really cool. There's going to mm-hmm. be different people doing different rituals and talking and sharing classes and things like yep. that. It should be a lot of fun. Yep. Also, Tuesday night of this week mm-hmm. is Three Pagans on Tap with uh, Sarenth Odinson, Malik Odinson, and myself. And we are doing the Drinks of Odin. Ooh. Yeah, so, uh, which is great for the two Odinsons. I was going to say, the Odinsons and are ready. less planned <laughs> by the druid in the group. I was like, he likes wine. Cool, we've got wine. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> I hate wine, but I'm going to drink it. You're going to drink some. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm expanding my horizons. Uh-huh. Very good. And then, Gwyn, for the rest of this year, yep, you are doing? To, to the end of December, on Mondays at 8 a.m. Eastern, I do a short guided meditation. It's on Facebook as a live guided meditation, but it is recorded. So, if you don't get on at 8 a.m., it's okay. You can watch it in the video section of Three Pagans and a Cat Facebook page, or you can watch it in the group. All of those videos are saved. On Sundays at 2 o'clock, I do a Zoom call. So a lot of people like the Zoom call, whether I'm there or not. Probably more so when I'm not there, but... Um, but we are going to continue that all the way through the end of December 2021. 
Excellent. So at this point, yep. So a whole nother year doing it. Continuing from the year of the virus into the year of the vaccine. Right. Yep. This is the last week. In fact, Tuesday the 15th will be your last opportunity to email me if you're not able to get your gift for your Yuling partner in the mail on time. Your gift needs to be in the mail by, by the 15th. It doesn't have to arrive by the 15th, but it needs you need to have sent it by the 15th. If you can't send your gift by the 15th, you need to email me by the 15th to let me know so that I can make other arrangements for your partner. As I have said every week for the last, like, three months, <laughs> if you email me after December 15th, Or if you don't email me and your partner lets me know that they did not receive a gift, you will be banned from the Yuling moving forward. That's because we've had people in the past not receive gifts. And, you know, into February, they're emailing me asking what they should do about that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And that's not fun for anybody. So just make sure that you either get your gift in the mail or you email me at ode at three, the number three, pagansandacat.com. To tell me what's up by the 15th, and as long as you get in by that date, midnight on that date, there will be no penalty. Right. But after that date, there will be consequences. The ban hammer. Yes. The ode hammer. The ode hammer. Mm-hmm. I do know that some people have already gotten their Yuling gifts. Yes. Yes. That's and, been so uh, fun. Finn, in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Finn definitely got his, which was great, because uh-huh. it's, it's written in Norse runes, mm-hmm. and yep. it does say, in true three-pack style, fuck you, Finn, yes, it does. Uh, in Norse runes. <laughs> yes, so. it does. And for any new listeners, that is a very old, very long-standing joke. <laughs> so, don't worry. Finn says, it was fucking awesome, in all caps. <laughs> are sharing uh, their gifts as they come in on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And since Odin's never on Facebook, when they pop up, we show Odin. Yeah, they show, they show me <laughs> <laughs> on their phones. And a, a few people have mentioned in the Discord that they've gotten their gifts as well. So Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. And it's always fun for us to see you guys enjoying this mm-hmm. secret Santa swap yep. that, we, that we created through the Yuling. So it's good times. So I think that... Next year, can we do secret Krampus? Secret... <laughs> Send each other... Punishment. Right, yep. <laughs> Stick with the Yuling. All right, fine. Stick with the Yuling. <sighs> okay, so I believe we are house kept and house swept. There we go. <laughs> so, this week we are going to be talking about new gods. That's right. Uh, because this is a phenomenon that doesn't get as much attention as it deserves, I mm-hmm. think. First of all, something Quinn and I were talking about earlier today, and we're going to get into, is that this is like the fact that some gods are new is not itself a new concept. No, no, it's really not. No. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the gods that we worship are new comparatively. Yeah. Right. They're exactly. like a couple of centuries old. Right, Exactly. Because yeah. when you compare, say, deities that come from, like, India through Hinduism, they, they date back thousands of years, yeah. or Egypt, or whatever. But then you've got... you some, got Aradia. Yeah. <laughs> You've who's, got Arabia, who's, who's, who's very new. Yeah, very, very fresh. Like the 1980s concept of mm-hmm. Arabia from Leland mm-hmm. was borrowed from like a local superstition that was from like medieval Christendom. Yeah. Gotcha. But even uh, deities such as Jesus mm-hmm. can be considered a newer god. So even gods that we think of now as being ancient gods mm-hmm. were new 
at one point. Exactly. Or at the very least, if they weren't new, their worship was new. Exactly. And that's maybe something that's also worth, like, distinguishing the difference between, like, is the god actually new or is the god just newly discovered? Exactly. Exactly. Or are they just obscure? Right. You know, and so that they don't have, they may have been worshipped for a long time. Right. Continuing today. But they are uh, not as well known as some of the major gods of the major religions. Or Or they may have been worshipped at one time and weren't for like a thousand years. Exactly. And like we don't have any record of them anymore. Mm -hmm. Or... (laughs) Like all of the Celtic gods, basically. Exactly. And a lot of them were very centralized. So even though they were quote unquote Celtic gods, because Mm -hmm. the Celts Mm -hmm. were very spread out. Of people groups. (laughs) Right. You know, linked by a somewhat common language. But they would have like a village that had a god. Well, Mm -hmm. now that god may be worshipped by other people. You know, even though it was literally just that one village who worshipped him at one point. Exactly. And then, you know, an archaeologist digs that up and publishes it somewhere on the internet. And someone finds it now in the modern day and is like, I I jive with that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you've got new cultists. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, even Estra, that we've yes. talked about, who is the only origin we know for her, is the venerable is bead. The venerable bead mentioning and that like his grandparents knew of. There was a there was a region of worship for her. Well, and we don't even know what that worship looked like nope. because all we have is her name and the fact that. Like, a month was named after her. Yep, a month was named after her, something was celebrated, and that got replaced by celebrating Jesus' resurrection. That's pretty much all we got. And the Venerable Bede didn't even know any of the details of the celebrations or or anything about her. Then he's not that venerable. (laughs) Or he just chose not to share them. Right, because he was also His name is now just Bede. No longer venerable. But... However, the standard in, feed. <laughs> but in modern times, right, Estra has an increasingly complex and and robust body of worship. Exactly, and she has a mythology that goes with mm-hmm. her now that explains some of the things that are common with Easter celebrations right. or Ostara for Wiccans right. and mm-hmm. uh, other pagans. For instance, the rabbit, you know, is said to have been one of her creatures, one of her sacred creatures. And and we say is said to have been, but what we, like, what we're really talking about is we are saying now. Yep. Right. Like, because there's no Mm-mm. history of that mythology being hers. And We've un- just attached those things to her, and there's UPG about it. Somebody put these little things together to mm-hmm. create this mythos for her, and she became... This goddess of the dawn, this mm-hmm. goddess who represented spring, spring and Ostara and, uh, you know, became associated with the spring equinox to the point now she is worshipped and known mm-hmm. as the goddess of the spring equinox. Yep. Again, that's a, a situation of like, we know the goddess or or at least a figure named Estra existed mm-hmm. at some point prior to Bede writing about her. And it could be just like what Carr was saying that some little village somewhere she may have been the uh, a, just a, a lo- like a local, local deity. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, that Bede happened to know about. Mm-hmm. And 
and mentioned her when he was writing about calendars. Yep, yeah, there may have st- there was still apparently some kind of celebration offered to her in the spring. Well, it was no longer being celebrated at the time he was writing about. But there he were, was writing about it had in the past yes, been celebrated. Yes. Right. Bede had a little bit of info and he shared it, and now we have info that we have created in the modern era yeah. to create her into a deity who is well known and loved by those who honor her. Exactly. At Ostara. And as we've mentioned in episodes where we cover Ostara and Estra mm-hmm. in, in more detail, the fact that she's new and not like an mm-hmm. ancient deity with, or that everything we know about her is new, right. like that we don't have 4,000 year old mythology about Estra, doesn't make her any less a deity. Clearly, all the people who have experiences with Estra confirm that she is one. Exactly. So, But that's just kind of an example of how it is okay if the deity is not thousands of years old with reams of mythology exactly. to, to uh, validate their worship. Right. And I think part of that and, and part of the reason we get people lying about the origins of their gods... Yes is that need for validation Mm -hmm. and that appeal to authority and that, like, that desire to be seen as authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because the major world religions are old. Mm -hmm. Comparatively speaking, yeah. I mean, now they are. They're 2,000 years old. That counts as old. (laughs) I'm almost 2,000 years old. Car comes out as a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The major world religions have that and Hinduism is even older than that, yeah. have that that historical claim to, to authenticity. Mm-hmm. And because humans have relatively short lifespans, you know, trying to think back to 2,000 years ago is to when the, it, like yeah. Christianity was brand new is an ordeal for us. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Who offers, who, who makes the claims of that authenticity? Exactly. It's people. Exactly. It's... We're the ones who give it authenticity. Yeah. And so, like, you look at modern day, what what, what they now call new religious movements. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will claim that all of those are cults. Mm-hmm. In the negative way. In the negative way. Not in the, in the original, just meaning, like, specific worship way. Right. Because remember, most of these religions started out as some kind of a cult. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, like, cult used to... Even Christianity did. Yeah, yeah, and, like, cult just used to mean, like, a specific focus of worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, people who worshipped specifically in a specific way, often in a specific place. That's right. The There was the cult of Dionysus. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... They, that was their specific worship technique or rituals right, yeah. or whatever, and their specific beliefs... That was their religion, but it was still, it would be called the cult of Dionysus or or any of the other gods or goddesses. And Maple asks, are we a new religious movement? Um, And yeah, all pagan religions are, Are to anthropologists, considered new religious movements. Yeah, Wicca is a A new new religious religious movement. movement. Even the reconstructed religions are considered in most cases by most anthropologists to be new religious movements because mm-hmm. there's a break between like they're not unbroken traditions that's, that's why right. they're being reconstructed mm-hmm. and they're not being you know like you can't take something from the past and transpose it perfectly to the future mm-hmm. especially when you're missing information so you put in new stuff 
with these reconstructed uh, religions and things, there were practices within those mm-hmm. and beliefs within those religions that we that can't we, or shouldn't exactly because right. that's no longer appropriate for our modern society. So, in many cases, it's not legal. So you yeah. mean I can't put people inside of a wicker man and set it on fire? No, no, no. Live sacrifices in general tend to be frowned upon. There, are, there are some religions where um, where certain animal sacrifices are still performed, but that's mm-hmm. not the norm. Right. And that was the norm with most religions for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Anthropologists call these new religious movements. There's a sense that these are less authentic than the so-called ancient religions, right? Or the established religions. Mm-hmm. Just because, as, as Rishala said, the major religions have the authority of age, which lends itself to social validation. And part of that's because they've become really integrated into mm-hmm. major social structures, like politics mm-hmm. and business. And, you know, they have a lot of money. They make a lot of waves. Think what would have happened if Constantine had not chosen to adopt the symbol of the cross and adopt Christianity as as the state religion of mm-hmm. Rome. That was they were just a little sect at the time. And, they were and and Christians remember that they talk about the martyrdom of Rome all the time. Right. You know, at, up until that time, up until Constantine, it was just a little sect that used to be from a Jewish mm-hmm. tradition. Right. You know, they they came out of Judaism and they transformed into what they what they were by the time Constantine yeah. came along. And that was not like overnight. No, that was a, like a relatively long process mm-hmm. of becoming a major world religion. Mm-hmm. That was that first step from kind of small, maybe right. a little obscure, small sect. time, out, semi outcasted, yeah, yeah, sect of of you know believers into what be, has become a major religion in the, the world monolith of the of monolith of Christianity. And the same could be said for uh, Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 7th century, Muhammad came along mm-hmm. and he got I was this, like, I've had some revelation. I've had revelation and he's created, he created Islam from it. Mm-hmm. And it was built off. I know that, you know, there's some, you know, scholarly debate and whatnot. <laughs> but it came from the writings of the Old and New Testament. It came, mm-hmm. it was birthed, if you will, from some of the ideals and stories of the Old Testament and Judaism and Christianity, and then it branched off into Islam, and it started as a, a sect, if you will, and created its own thing. Right. The age equals authority problem, I guess, and I would characterize it as a problem, mm-hmm. is that it causes us to invalidate even our own experiences, mm-hmm. right? Like you have an experience with a new deity and your first thought is not, hey, that's awesome. I've encountered a new deity. Your first thought is no one is going to believe me about this. And we have, and I, I should have uh, got some information from them. We have someone in the the uh, Gaelic. Facebook yep. group. Yep. Yep. Oh, we also have someone Discord. in the Discord as well. Yeah, yeah. In the Discord, there's a couple of people yep. who are listeners who have relationships with these obscure deities who I remember them asking, you know, are mm. people going to think I'm nuts because this is who has come to me. They're very obscure. There's little, or there or there's nothing about or there's them. There's little to know. And yeah. so everything that they do and learn and it's uh, all UPG. Exactly. It's all UPG as far as their practice and their mm-hmm. understanding and their belief in this deity and that is valid. And we've talked before about how UPG, personal experience, personal experience with deity or with spirit, 
is like it's not lesser than the text. Mm-hmm. The text was based on someone's UPG at right. some point. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, if you have UPG, freaking write it down. Exactly. Then it becomes text. Right. If it lasts, if it lasts long enough, if it propagates to enough people, your UPG becomes text. That's how the process That's works. That's how right. it works. Yep. We don't, and especially since we don't have canon authority. So, like the church, mm-hmm. the the Christian church has authorities who determine what's canon, or they did. What they was did. it? The Council of Nicaea. 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 Yep. Yeah. Who they took what like dozens of books. Uh, well, there's 66 books in the Bible. There were probably 300 that they went through. Okay, so mm-hmm. they took hundreds of books yeah. at the Council of Nicaea and and decided, based on arguments from people at that council and no one else, what was going to be biblical canon. Yeah. Exactly. And there's still arguments because, for instance, the Catholic Church has the apocryphal works. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and that they include Which, in their version of the Bible. Which would have been the Council of Nicaea. Exactly. It's just the Protestants, when they started, were like, you know what? We don't want these. Which, just as an aside, if you've never read any of the Apocrypha, I read them as a teenager. It's interesting. They're fascinating. They really are. Read the Apocrypha. And there's a bunch of non-canonical, non-apocryphal books out there that yeah. should be read as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they are incredibly fascinating. The Book I, of Enoch... Yeah. I, the book of Enoch is is good reading. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite of the New Testament apocrypha is the one with the talking cross. That's a good one. That might be the book of Mary Magdalene, maybe? There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. But but so like there was literally a group of church elders basically who decided we're going to consider these things mm-hmm. true and these things not. Mm-hmm. And they're still fighting about it to this day. Right. This this <laughs> argument continues. This yep. argument but continues. Most pagan communities don't have we as don't have holy writ. As, as Jason Menke has said many times, there's no pagan pulp. Mm-hmm. There's no one saying here are the the laws. Mm-hmm. Here's the canon of these faiths. Mm-hmm. Even in like you may be part of a tradition that mm-hmm. has tradition, tradition, tradition. tradition. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to complete it. Yeah. <laughs> so you may be part of a tradition that has specific books mm-hmm. that it has created, validates, validates, um, yeah. and that it considers canonical, for lack of a better word. But in the the broader pagan spaces. That's not true, and that's never gonna be true, mm-hmm. at least at this point, at least the way that, that these religions and traditions are developing now. New text is gonna come up, and how widespread it becomes is really just gonna be down to how accessible it is mm-hmm. and whether it jives with other people's experiences. Well, I think we have a better opportunity for that to grow now because of the internet. Exactly. So, like, thank you, Al Gore. (laughs) Now stop. Sorry. In the past, say, we can just go back, you know, 50 years ago, when I was born ish we really didn't have the internet so yeah. you couldn't just pass it was around. only it was only stuff that was that had been like published mm-hmm. by right. a publisher right mm-hmm. exactly or maybe like zines that people were zines handing out really didn't even exist like to my knowledge in the late 60s zines really didn't come out to like the mid 70s at least he at least in where in i was the, born in right. you know in the dc area 70s 80s yeah is when zines started to really become a thing, a thing where thing. yep where you could kind of do your own where thing where you could but, get underground right. publishing basically right yep right thanks to our tiger solanox for introducing us to weavers of the web an interfaith pagan atc that's aquarian tabernacle church organization based in lansing michigan Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. 
Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property, which would allow them to expand their current network of resources. During social distancing, you can find them online at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weaversatc. Weavers is also holding regular Zoom meetings, online rituals, and Discord discussions during this time. Good read. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Which we'll still get around to later. That's right. <laughs> now, I wanted to, to read what Rhiannon said. Yeah. Very true. It's been really hard. And this is going back to um, people's UPG for yeah. obscure gods. Very true. It's been really hard for me to push aside my internal bias and not instantly want to invalidate someone's experience with a new deity. Unfortunately, my first instinct is still to think that they're pulling shit out of their ass, but I think that has more to do with past bad experiences with people actually making everything up on the spot. I think that's a really good point. But I also believe we have been, because of the major religions that we have, that do have written word and do make it this this is how, this is the truth for mm-hmm. their religions, we have all been really conditioned to believe that it has to be authenticated. authenticated. It has to come a certain way. It has to be revealed in a certain way. And, you know, it has to be approved. Because doesn't the church have like a whole process for determining if, maybe this is just Catholics, I'm not sure, but, but isn't there a whole process for determining if a revelation is real? There is in the Protestant church, in the, in the charismatic, um, charismatic yeah. movement, they end most of the time, I think they're, they're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So if you go to most charismatic churches, the whole speaking in tongues thing uh-huh. is like a very large amount of people all speaking at the same time, which is okay. just confusion. And Paul in the Bible actually spoke out about that and said, you shouldn't be doing it this way. It should be two to three people and there should be an interpretation for each of those. And that's it. So what actually goes on in the charismatic church today like isn't even biblical. Yeah, right. Yep. That's the thing is that Paul, who really did, let's face it, he created Christianity. Yep. The he, current incarnation Pauline, of it. Yeah. Everything yeah. that is Christianity today is really based on the writings of Paul. But he did lay out a way to authenticate prophecy because he did believe in prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's not really what's used today. Right. Because for other Christians, theologians and whatnot, and they said, no, this written word is it. Mm-hmm. There are no new revelations. God has said it all, and this is it because of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've got, I think this is a really good time to indicate how a religion can be born from a sect uh-huh. that grew out of another religion, which is what Christianity is. Yeah. Christianity started out as a, a, a sect of Judaism. The, that believed the Messiah had come. Yes. Yep. The original, and gone. <laughs> the original followers of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. Was, were Jewish. They were Jewish. Jesus yep. was Jewish. They even had a whole, you know, they had a whole thing, you know, when Paul did become converted and started preaching to Gentiles, to non-Jewish mm-hmm. people, they had this big ruckus, you know, should we be telling this to this news yeah, about Jesus? People, He's yeah. not their Messiah. Is he right. their Messiah too or just ours? And they had to hash this all out. Mm-hmm. Through these writings, that who knows if what they have, like, you know, the, the Gospels, and they mm-hmm. were decades after Jesus' death and purported resurrection. We saw a thing today that was saying most likely the people who wrote the Gospels mm-hmm. weren't even contemporaries of Jesus. They were people who heard stories and then wrote them in the name of one of the disciples to give it authenticity. weight and authenticity. Yep. To give it authority. <laughs> when, and so, when I complain about 
modern pagans lying about the lineage of their tradition. That's not a new problem. That's not new. No, <laughs> no it's not new. I'm going to interject here because of what you just said. Uh-huh. I don't think everybody's lying about where their tradition came from. I think that that has been passed down to them, and so they think that's exactly. what it is. There are, there's definitely some, some people where it's just ignorance. Right. Yeah. Just, yep. yeah. But I do think that... Whatever it was that, you know, these disciples of Jesus and Paul and all these mm-hmm. other missionaries to the world who, who created, you know, they sent this message of Jesus out into the world. They created him as a God, right? He, they taught him as this. Mm-hmm. And he became that for for people. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it, it changed and developed over and I time. Guess, but I think they had a real experience. Whatever they weren't right. telling oh, lies, no, yeah, they had no. a real experience. And, and I think what what's interesting there is that it's almost like Jesus was the Messiah for his original Jewish sect. Sect, mm-hmm. but he became a god for. The, Christ, the Gentile Christians yes. who came after. Yep. Yes. yes. Because the did. Gentile Christians who came after didn't have a concept of a, of a prophesied Messiah, you know? Right. Because they weren't Jewish. Right. Exactly. Nor were they, they were all pagans, uh-huh. basically. Yeah. And that's the difference between a, a Jewish religious belief is mm-hmm. that they have one God, yep. Jehovah, Yahweh, whatever they call him. And then in Christianity, they have this God who is one God, but, but three multiple gods. You know, <laughs> the Trinity concept. Yeah, the Trinity yeah. concept of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. They contend that it's one God, but three different people who are all one God. And they don't mean aspects. No, they do not mean aspects. That's the thing. But even in Christianity, not everybody believes in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Some people only believe in Jesus. Some people only believe in God the Father. Yeah. I want them to do a movie about, about the Trinity, and I want Carrie Ann Moss to play all three parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be very good. That would be that very would be good. good. Yeah. That so, would be, I would, but yeah. my my point is, Trinity the reason we're the Trinity. The reason we're <laughs> talking about this is because I think Jesus is one of the prime examples of a person who was a prophet. Apotheosis. Yep, who was a prophet, a teacher. I believe he was a real person. Mm -hmm. I think there's been enough research and things that have done to to, uh, indicate that, yes, there truly was a man born in Israel. His name was probably Yeshua or something of that nature. But there was a real rabble-rouser. Yeah, he really was a dissident. He was a teacher. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't even the only one. No, No, yeah, there there were many. And in fact, our... Our modern concept of Jesus was probably several of those people combined. Yep. Yes, exactly. And so, um, but he is a perfect example of a human being Mm -hmm. who, after he was killed at the hands of the enemy, because he was killed by Romans, his followers lifted up because they had some kind of a spiritual experience. Yep. I don't believe any of the things. I don't think they stole his body. I don't think any of that. I think they had a spiritual experience. And they took that, it was real for them, and they shared that with other people because that was part of what they believed, that he was their Messiah. He was coming back Mm -hmm. to to rescue them. Right. For them, it was imminent. It wasn't, you know, thousands of years in the future. It was right then. He was coming back to save them. Yeah. And so, but that has just, it just grew from there. Mm -hmm. That is how a god can be made who is even though now he's considered ancient and we've we've mentioned this before i believe that god is real he's just not mine right like plenty plenty of people the world Mm -hmm. over have authentic experiences with all 
of the all of the all, all of the Trinity. Exactly. <laughs> all of the elements of the Trinity. All three of the one. <laughs> all yeah, exactly. Plenty of people have authentic experiences with that. Carrie Moss, got it. Exactly. <laughs> and obviously Jewish people have experiences with their God exactly. and with their faith that are equally authentic. And Muslims. Muslim people have experiences with Allah that are authentic and real. And like none of that's contradictory. Nope. Those are all just authentic religious experiences that don't necess- that don't happen to agree with each other, right? right? Yeah. And but they also are from traditions who say our way is the only one. Right. Our <laughs> truth is the only truth. I think everyone would be much happier if we all just accepted that everyone can be both right and wrong simultaneously. Exactly, exactly. Even Christians, I think, would be happier, or, uh-huh. or Muslims, or because you know they all fight. They so all have strife. Fights if we could all just right. agree yeah. that like it's right for me, but not for you. Exactly. Like I like okay. exactly. Like I love vanilla ice cream. It's Yuck. my favorite kind. Yuck. Yeah. Car is not a fan of vanilla ice cream. One kind of vanilla. He likes vanilla bean. Exclusively. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't buy he, me French vanilla. He will not eat a French vanilla ice cream. I love a French vanilla ice cream. I also like vanilla bean ice cream. I can go either way. Yep, I'm, I'm vanilla by. <laughs> but there's golden vanilla. There's you, golden vanilla. I'm vanilla pan. <laughs> I'll have any kind of vanilla. You can get me a sweet cream. I'll even have there's that. French. There's, there's, there's so many choices. so many kinds of vanilla. I'll eat all of them. But Carl only wants one kind of vanilla, and that doesn't make either of us wrong. It just means we have different vanilla experiences. That's right. That's right. And I think that's important, especially when we're because we're talking about new days. Exactly. That pagans are experiencing. So if you have someone who has been called by an Mm -hmm. obscure deity. And it usually is. If it's like a completely new deity who there's no documentation for, they've probably been called. Yeah. It's not like they stumbled on this person by accident and were like, ooh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Like they're having experiences. They're having experiences. And um, the only the only thing I would say is the problem is if it becomes like a thing where they say this is the only truth, you can only believe my truth about this mm-hmm. deity, then yes, you might want to put a, a big question mark, maybe a little red flag. I but. wouldn't say that you necessarily need to question their experiences still. You just need to set a boundary. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't question theirs necessarily, but I'm saying if they're saying, well, you you have to like, you would be, it would be like, like you saying to Carr, you have to like French vanilla. Okay, but that wouldn't invalidate my experiences of vanilla. No. It would just be Carr would be putting up a boundary saying refused. And, that's, <laughs> and I think that's what, when we are experiencing people in the pagan community mm-hmm. or any other, you know, religious community mm-hmm. who are having personal UPG experiences, they are worshiping a particular deity or set of deities, and they're trying to share it with other people. It's okay to put up those boundaries, mm-hmm. but don't automatically assume they're they're wrong or they're lying or, you know, just respect that, okay, this is their experience. Exactly. So the uh, Discord has turned completely to the vanilla. Yeah, they focused on the <laughs> vanilla the thing. Vanilla. But, but I thought it was a great analogy. Gemma did say, Ode likes vanilla and homework. They are a strange and singular creature. <laughs> Listen, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I can't, true. I can't not be this person. That's <laughs> just how I turned out. Visit the Birmingham Violin Studio, where our tiger Kirsten Gill has been teaching violin to anyone ages seven and up for 20 years. Kirsten tailors each lesson specifically to the student. Since all people are unique individuals with their own learning style, rather than teaching from a single method or method book, 
Kirsten has a master's in music and violin performance and has played with professional ensembles including Orchestra Iowa, the Florida Grand Opera, Palm Beach Symphony, and the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, as well as KC and the Sunshine Band, the Beach Boys, and pre-American idol Kelly Clarkson. Due to social distancing, the Birmingham Violin Studio has pivoted to providing online instruction. And Kirsten is offering listeners of Three Pagans and a Cat their first two lessons free when they sign up for two months of lessons. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Not perfect. Not perfect, but Not still perfect. a good read that yeah. I will be able to edit easily. Yes. But we also didn't bring offerings. That's true. Well, that's true, yeah. We start making offerings. We gotta start making offerings. All right, so let's talk about Dictinus. <laughs> so here's how this started. Yep. Car can't pronounce shit. That's Se- how it started. Several episodes ago, probably a, over a dozen episodes ago now, At I least. do not remember when we first... It's been a few months. When we I first a couple of months. mentioned Dictinus. Car said something and along the way mispronounced, I think, diction? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And we decided that Dictinus mm-hmm. would be the god of diction. Of diction For and podcasts exclusively. Well, and, and and what I what I wrote down earlier tonight was Dictinus is the patron of podcasts, public speaking, and performance. There you go. There we go. Then went on a little riff about Dictinus, and then I cut out the original gaff. Mm-hmm. And then we decided, well, we'll just mention Dictinus occasionally and never explain him. <laughs> But and never explain where he came from. Occasionally, we have hailed Dictinus, and then we have gotten, as I said at the start of the episode, clear voices, strong sound, and good reads, which yeah. is what you want when you're doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're considering Dictinus a real deity now. The thing that changed my mind completely Lewis, yeah. was last week. Last week, because last week I flubbed everybody's name possible that I could could <laughs> yeah, people really I did. normally pronounce correctly uh-huh. I couldn't pronounce. It was it was terrible. a mess. <laughs> it was an absolute mess. We hailed Dictinus, and then I did the reads for the commercials, the commercials and those Flawlessly. were perfect. And so we, so we gave Dictinus credit. Props. Credit. Right, yeah. Yep, he saved that podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from major editing uh-huh. rather than just mostly just, major yeah, editing. Yeah, just, just the patron names part. So from now on, we're going to be hailing Dictinus at the top of every episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's not going to be our quote every episode. I'm going to hail Dictinus and then do a quote and yep. right, you know, yes. as usual. So I'm just going to add this to the, mm-hmm. the top of our episodes. But I think a candle and maybe an offering would be, would exactly. be something that we should yeah. add to that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna start considering Dictinus a, a real deity until further notice. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any reason for us not to. Yeah. And this is the thing. So I read a book once <laughs> called. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You read a book once? <laughs> really? Once. Once. <laughs> Did yeah. it have a good bibliography? It happens. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. It happens from time to time. So I read a book once. I no longer remember the exact title of it, but it it's. It was about the development of religion in Athens. Mm -hmm. And it looked at how new cultists grew up in Athens over time and how it was influenced by the politics of the day and how the little, the new religions were influenced by existing religions and all that that stuff. Um, It was a really interesting read. But one of the parts that stuck with me was it explained that in Greek society, religion was votive religion which is when you give a gift to a god and you expect a gift back, right? It's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And part of the religious framework of Athens in particular, which was very religiously mobile, which had a lot of new sects growing and dying all the time, was if you made offerings to a god and things didn't happen, 
that sect would die off mm-hmm. because no one was going to offer to a god who sat on his hands and didn't do anything. If you made offerings to a god and you got the shit you asked for, that sect would flourish and grow because votive religions are about, you know, getting something for your efforts. Right. And I, as an animist and a polytheist and a heathen, do have like a sense of reciprocity with gods. Like mm-hmm. I don't offer them f- for nothing. Like I honor them. Right. But when I lay out offerings, it's partly an honor and partly a gift. And with he- in heathenry, you expect a gift for a gift. Right. You expect to get something for your efforts. Mm-hmm. And we hail the Dictinus and got something for our efforts. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, that makes him legit. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, we've talked about this before with, with thought forms and with things of that nature. When you're talking about, you know, adding energy and adding mythology mm-hmm. and making offerings. And Dictinus will grow. Dictinus will grow. They were asking how to spell Dictinus on the uh, Yeah, on the Discord, on the Discord yeah. yeah. And it's spelled D-I-C-T-I-O-N-I-S. Yep. We're not going to, like, try to control the canon of Dictinus. Nope. No. If you have an experience with Dictinus and you want to write that mythology down and spread it around the, the pride, feel free. We have a whole UPG channel. Yep, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. And who knows? You If you, like, if you have a, a public speaking engagement or, like, a presentation you got to give at work... Or whatever. Try hailing Dictinus and see how it goes. Yep. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe another a more obscure god of public speaking and, and diction and and whatnot right. is, will is, come along and say, "Hey, I'll be Dictinus for right. you." Is, is taking on this name? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe we're maybe we're hailing Dictinus based on you know this gaffe that we had in an episode months ago, mm-hmm. and and some other spirit. Or God is saying, yes, attach this to me. Because I think that can happen. I think that mm-hmm. does happen. Yep. Or maybe he's brand new, fresh, and and just starting out. Who That's knows? That's right. Who knows? But but we're going to be working with Dictinus here on here forwards. And uh, we're going to continue to sort of share that journey with you all because part of... I don't know that we're building a religion, but we are sort no. of building no. a God, a right? God. Right, yeah. And, and part of that is other people's experiences. So if you have an experience with Dictinus, let us know. And Rhiannon says, this just screams... Hermes energy to me. I was thinking Mercury. So, so Hermes is the Greek god of eloquence. Mm-hmm. And communication and right. travel. Yep. And yeah, Hermes covers a lot, a lot yep. of, yeah. Uh, of areas. Yeah, the similar vibe. Yeah, for sure. Very similar. But so, yeah, so we'll just see how this goes. But we also, we did want to bring, you know, to light who Dictinus actually is. Or who Dictinus is slowly becoming. Slowly or will becoming. Be. Yeah. Will yeah. become. So Maple asks, so is Dictinus a mimetic deity right now? To be mimetic, he would have to have more widespread exposure, I think, mm-hmm. than he has right now. <laughs> we did talk, so, so something interesting is we did talk about, like, should Dictinus be a them? Or she or he. And I always got a very masculine feeling from Dictinus. So So he's a he. That's where we're at. Maybe the fact that it's Dictinus. Could be. (laughs) Could be. Could be a language association. Yep. But I also think we need a, uh, perhaps if we can nudge Ode a little bit, perhaps a depiction of Dictinus. Or any of you other artists out there, if you get kind of inspired. (laughs) Brianna, that is not the. uh, Not going to be the eggplant emoji. Not not, going to be (laughs) the (laughs) <laughs> Squeaky. Oh my gosh. But no, I'm serious. Uh, Rochelle says I get he from Dictinus as well. Yeah. I, I'm serious though. I would love for Ode or any other artists out mm-hmm. there, if you get a sense of what Dictinus might look like, at least to you, mm-hmm. 
We would love to have you create something and then share it with us either in the Facebook group or on the Discord. Do you want to create a Dictinus yeah, I'll channel? Yeah, I'll make a Dictinus channel that we can we can all yeah. work on together. Yeah. That's right. And I know, like, so I know this is a fun episode and we're having fun right we now. We are having fun. But I also do mean this seriously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a joke. Nope. I'm not like faking an interest. Like genuinely, I think D- Dictinus has legs. Um, I do too. L- literally and metaphorically. <laughs> and Car's doing walking fingers now. <laughs> and I think we are like, we're, this is not like a gimmick. No. Right? No. That we came up with for this episode. We've been talking about Dictinus and considering like, hey, for maybe while, we do yeah. start yeah. hailing Dictinus and maybe we make offerings to Dictinus. So we're authentically doing this. And I don't like, I have a tendency to be too serious. So I'm going to try and rein in the too serious part of me. <laughs> but. But, but yeah, like uh, genuinely, this is something we're pursuing. Well, and like Mabel said, yes, I think this is serious too. Our community just lightens the mood with humor. And that's right, yeah. how I feel about it. I may be mm. kind of giggling and, and feeling kind of giddy about it, but <laughs> I'm actually really excited right, about Right, exactly. This. Yeah. I'm excited about, uh, I'm thinking like, you know, how can I, you know, what should we offer Dictinus? Exactly. Thinking, yeah. Like, would it be appropriate to have like a small dictionary and put the candle on top of that? Yeah, I like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what kind of, what should we do to honor Dictinus? Mm-hmm. Just got to make why... sure that it's an English dictionary, because I don't want to get screwed up. Like, we can't bring our German dictionary <laughs> yeah, up here. Yeah, no, no. Sca- uh, Scrabble tiles, I like that. Scrabble, Scrabble tiles is but good, no. yeah. And that's why I asked Ode and anybody else mm-hmm. who's an artist, seriously, yeah. I wasn't joking, I was being serious. I would love if you get inspired to create an image of Dictinus I would love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. So I'm excited about this. Yeah. I think it's I this, think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's neat. It is cool. Either we've we are creating a deity out of whole cloth or some deity is picking up what we're putting out mm-hmm. and be like, Yeah, I'll be dictinous. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll do that. That sounds like fun. I'll do that. And that's that's not the first time that's happened either. Going back to ancient days again, the Greco Egyptian period where there was a lot of cross-pollination and overlap between Egyptian deities and Hellenic deities. Mm -hmm. So the original Serapis from back in the day was an aspect of Apis. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the bull and was an underworld deity, but like never really got a big following and just mm-hmm. sort of fell off the radar. And then later was brought back during the Greco Egyptian period as a god of the sun mm-hmm. and healing and fertility as usual. So sometimes gods like put on new, take get new jobs, put on new names or new faces, mm-hmm. combine or separate. Mm-hmm. So any any of those things could be happening here with Dictinus. Absolutely. And everybody's saying they believe that humor is part of public speaking, and so yep. yeah, exactly. would be into so, humor. So actually, one of my originally before I changed it to um, podcast public speaking and performance because I liked the alliteration. Right. <laughs> the um, three P's of Dictinus. Uh huh. The three P's of Dictinus. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> See. <laughs> Still that Hermes vibe. Yeah. Um, so before I before I narrowed it down to the three P's of Dictinus, I wrote podcast, public speaking, and stand up. <laughs> Britt says, I keep thinking you. on animal type figures, though, like owl. Hmm. Possible association based on my experiences. So interesting because Ode freaking loves owls. I love owls. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very cool animals. Much dumber than people think they are, but very cool uh, Anything birds, that yes. can turn its head around 270 degrees, I'm okay with. Exactly. They're pretty yeah. damn cool. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And the huge variety of owls. Yeah. You got mm-hmm. the great horns. You got the little barn owls. You got yeah. the little pygmy owls. Mm-hmm. 
All kinds. Anyway. And somebody else says they've got a fox from Dictinus. Maybe Dictinus has more than multiple one. Multiple forms. Yes. Yeah. Multiple forms. Listen, most gods actually have multiple animals associated with them, so it yep. could be anything. Okay. I think that's I think that's it for, for Dictinus right now. Yes. Yeah. I think we're Dictinus a doubt. Dictinus yep. out. Anything else we want to cover? I don't think so. I think we've talked about how new gods can be created, mm-hmm. that maybe some of gods that we think of as older are actually a lot newer, newer than we realize yeah. and not to be judgmental about other people's yeah. experiences. Yeah, and I think that's the hard part, especially for those of us who came out of Christianity. Yeah, because there's sort of a knee-jerk right. reaction. Reaction mm-hmm. to it, or you know, right away is like, oh, you know, there's no way that can be real. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If it's real for somebody, then it's real for them. Exactly. And, and it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be real for you. Exactly. It doesn't matter if it doesn't jive with you as long as it jives with them. Yep. Exactly. Oh, and we have another uh, maple says that they got a snake for Dictinus. Hey, I so, was actually getting a snake as well. So here you go. There's, mm-hmm. I, I think Dictinus is uh, multifaceted, multifaceted <laughs> and reaching out. So yep. that's it. Yep. That's it. So well, I can hit stop. Yep, you can. Holy well, shit. no, not yet. You have things to say. Oh, that's right. We got to do all the the outro stuff. Don't do it. If you want to find us, you know where. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, oh, Finn. Uh, Finn says, "Hey, Car, don't forget the special announcement." Oh yes, thank See? you. Thank <laughs> you, Finn. Thank you, Finn. I did forget about this. I'm sorry, Finn. So here's the deal, everybody. On TikTok. Finn Odinson has an account. Okay. A very good account, by um, the way. And and Finn has been bet by his kids. Oh, boy. That by his birthday, which is oddly enough my birthday, uh-huh. January 12th, that he could not have 20,000 fans. Ooh. And if he does, then he has to do a TikTok dance video, which I have to does, tell you, I really want to fucking see. Does, <laughs> does Finn win anything on this bet with his kids? Nope. Just a lot of notoriety. <laughs> so... If you have a chance, go to TikTok, find Finn Odinson. I believe it's Finn underscore Odinson. Mm-hmm. Give him that little uh, like or whatever. I put a the follow. fucking follow. I, have no I don't idea. know. I'm not on. I'm not on TikTok. I have TikTok. I've liked Finn's account, but I'm very rarely on it. So, but oh. yeah. So go go hook that up. I did want to say Alex has one more really good point yeah. about Dictinus's forms. What if he has the ability to take multiple forms the the same way that writing or works evoke different emotions? I love that. Like that. Yeah. Absolutely love Shape that. Shape-shifting Shape podcast shifting god. Podcast <laughs> god. Yes. I love it. So. <laughs> if you can't tell, we, we're really very enthusiastic we about Dictinus. Totally into this. Hail Dictinus. <laughs> Finn says, oh, so Loki. <laughs> Could be. Kinda. I, it's very similar Personally, as someone who does work with Logie, I don't get the sense no. that they're the same person. But I, get I think that Hermes. I do get the sense that they would get along well. Yeah, I do, get the, more, I do get the more Hermes, more Hermes Mercury. Yeah. Rochella kind of said yeah. more polymorphic than shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yep. But anyway. All right, now let's, let's, now, let's wrap up. <laughs> so Google three pagans and a cat. That's three pagans and a cat. Mm-hmm. Number three pagans and a cat. Did you get that? It's three pagans and a cat on Google. <laughs> But you can also go to Pagan, Pagan, please. Her friend has a blog. For a hell of a blog. <laughs> we're also on YouTube and all that fun stuff. Okay, so, I think we're I think we're yeah, good. Yeah, I think we can. You do can it. now stop. You can do it. <laughs>